Are we ready to roll? We're recording. All right, great. Uh, I mean, the whole thing was definitely just a huge leap, um, but we were, I think we were just so excited to yeah. do it that it, I don't know, we weren't really nervous. We were just, we knew we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, initially, but we were excited. Today's episode is sponsored by Giving Garden, a new locally developed app that is focused on growing community around food and gardening. And that's a nice contrast to today's focus on candy. Stay tuned through the end of the episode so you can get more information on where to download the app and how you can be a part of it. Welcome to That One Thing Podcast. I'm Gordon Fowler. Today, I'm excited to share our interview with Andy Paul and Camille Esch, who are the husband and wife team behind Andy's Candy Apothecary. Andy and Camille were the first winners of the Calling All Dreamers competition in 2013, and their business has been growing ever since. Man, it was definitely a surprise uh, and just a wonderful hit of great publicity and goodwill, which is the way anyone should want to start a business. That was Andy, and you'll hear more from him and Camille in a minute. For those of you not familiar with Calling All Dreamers, we'll post a link on our episode page so you can get all the details. But in a nutshell, it's the Downtown Sacramento Partnership's business competition plan, and it helps launch businesses to bring more retail into downtown Sacramento. I sat down with Andy and Camille to talk about how that experience served as a catalyst for them to start their dream business and what they've learned about becoming small business owners over the past four years. Turns out they entered the contest at the recommendation of a friend, and then they got really serious about it. So for us, it was sort of, I thought maybe this would be a business, but probably like a side business. And the Calling All Dreamers competition is actually a friend of ours who just said, you know, maybe you want to consider throwing your hat in and going after it this way. And I'm not sure it would have occurred to us otherwise. And so we did, but we really kind of just stepped in gently and the process kind of pulled us in yeah. and really helped us develop it fully. Without the competition, I'm not sure that we ever would have taken the leap. Mm -hmm. And so what that was for us was um, to get us over the hump of, oh, maybe I'll do this someday to yeah. we're going to do this. Right. In fact, we we got over the hump about around the semifinals. We'd done enough work to really see the path. And I don't think we would have done it otherwise. So people who want to do it, I think the first step is you have to somehow get yourself over that hump. Yeah. Or you'll just spend all of the rest of your life on the other side. Right. Maybe just, I'll do it someday. Just wondering if you mm -hmm. should do it. So it's really about, it's almost about identifying the hump mm -hmm. and then doing what you need to do to get over it. Yeah. Right? So one yeah. thing we can take, around, take away from this. Maybe giving yourself a deadline. I mean, this process mm -hmm. that we had worked because it was like by date certain, we had to have a business plan. We had to have figured out where our startup money was coming from. I mean, it, having those deadlines is what made it actually happen. We could have yeah. dithered and talked and overanalyzed forever right. without actually pulling the trigger, but we had to be ready. After winning the contest, Andy was the first to dive into the business. He quit his job in the nonprofit world to focus on growing Andy's candy from day one. And four years later, Camille has her eye on joining Andy full-time. It's always a big deal for one person to make the leap from a stable job to small business owner, but when it's both parts of a couple, the stakes are even higher. Okay, so for you, Camille, you're now considering going into the business full-time? Yeah. Like, what were the factors that helped you decide that, that for both of you, that that was a decision you were gonna make? It's fun. It's much more fun than what I previously did. <laughs> Because you were doing, like, policy. I can't imagine why you're saying that, right? And, and, and 
my policy work has been really rewarding and really challenging too. Sure. But having a job versus having a business is a very different experience. A job is something that someone else creates for you and a business is something you're creating for yourself. And it's just been a really life-changing experience for us to work on a project together that's so meaningful to both of us. And there's just no question in my mind about what I really want to be doing. So the factors that go into it are just when is the right time financially to kind of let go of that steady, sure. secure base of income and move into a, you know an environment where you really are just surviving on your business alone. And so we're headed in that direction and you know within a year or two should be at that point. Okay, so Andy and Camille got a leg up in launching their business because of the support and the publicity that they got from Calling All Dreamers, but that won't sustain a business over the long run. There are a lot of factors that go into making a business successful, one of which is making sure your products appeal to your customer base. Seems pretty obvious. So one thing that has helped Andy's Candy thrive is their ability to capitalize on Sacramento's farm-to-fork focus by carrying local products and appealing to Sacramento's foodie tendencies. I mean, first of all, this is a town that really cares about their food. They yeah. care about where it comes from. And so for us, that's that plays right into our brand, which is like, hey, don't just eat candy because it's sweet. Like, eat something that's really interesting and really good. A lot of handmade, high-quality things. Right. You know, even if it's a dessert or a treat. Right. Um, we do carry some local items, and actually a lot of our items are from within, you know, 80 miles, 90 miles. For foodies, definitely. I mean, from the very beginning, that's kind of been part of our idea. In fact, we even pitched this originally with our kind of marketing folks who were working with us. It was like, if you're going to eat candy, it should really be worth it. Yeah. Because we feel that way about all the candy or really all the food we put in our own mouths, which fits with Sacramento and people who care about their food and what they're eating. Yeah. But um, our marketing folks did not like that. They ditched it. They're like, don't remind people marketing that they shouldn't people. be eating, that they shouldn't be eating candy. <laughs> well, we said, we said worth the calories. Oh, it should be worth it's the worth calories. It's worth the calories. And they were like, no, no. no, no, no. Don't the word <laughs> <laughs> But like, you know, I mean, yes, they're right about most things, but I do have customers who come in all the time and they literally will say that phrase. They're like, this is so worth the calories. Their brand building hasn't stopped at tapping into their customers' motivations and sentiments around local products and quality. They've gone a step further to establish their in-store brand experience, setting the tone for Andy's Candy, and then taking the time to get staff on board with the vision and the vibe. So for starters, it's a happy place. Um, you know, customers come in, they're happy. Um, we definitely try to work with our staff so that they feel like this is a, a fun place to be. And we get that feedback sometimes. Like, oh, we're, you know, we have nice bosses or, you know, it's a, it's a good place to be. So that's something we try and cultivate. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, when you were dreaming up the business, did you envision sort of what the vibe would be? So when somebody walks into the door, we want them to feel... Happy or? We did a little bit. I, yeah. Again, I, re- I recently kind of went back and looked at kind of our vision concept, and it was we wanted to feel warm and accessible, we said. We wanted to be nice candy, high-quality stuff, but a place that, like, multiple generations of pe- you know people could come in and enjoy it and feel welcome. Well, so I, I definitely am a firm believer of, you know, if you're creating a safe environment for, like, sort of a positive environment for your, um, I almost said young people, because that's my, my, that's my background. Um, <clears throat> I just fell right back into youth, uh, youth development. Youth development, there. that's yeah. right. Um, when you create a safe and uh, a warm environment for your staff, then it translates to whoever they're working with. Mm-hmm. So that was a priority for us from moment one. And how do you do that? Uh, well, you have 
you develop good relationships with them. That's mm-hmm. important. Um, you have regular meetings with them, so they feel you're connected, mm-hmm. and you get to ask them things, and you're making sure you're getting their feedback. So it's not just you as the owners, like oh, this is the way it's going to be. But no, we need to hear from you, your suggestions and your ideas for making things better. Um, we communicate a vision of what we want the staff to be and what we want service to be, um, and that fits well with our brand. Uh, the staff we get, they don't just want to stand there and be a robot. They really want to interact with customers. Um, they want to make it a kind of warm and cool place to be. Right. We've definitely have had some people work at the store who would not have said they're super passionate about candy, but they're into food and things like that. And that translates easily when you're surrounded by a lot of amazing candy. Another challenge that Andy and Camille have faced and that a lot of small businesses face is staffing. From finding the right staff to managing employee engagement and retention, they've come up with a pretty unique way to approach growing their business and creating a positive environment for their employees. What challenges do you face in looking for new team members? You know, have you found that it's easy to attract people? Is it easier now than before because you built a reputation? I mean, it's hard in retail generally, right. uh, in part because we also don't need to hire full time. We're just not at that level of, you know, business yet. So we're looking for part time people who want to work retail. And that is sort of a narrow slice of the world. And so you're trying to find sort of the best talent you can from that group of people and try and make the most attractive job you can. And that's a challenge. It really is. Um But we've tried to do some creative things. We actually partnered not too long ago with another Calling All Dreamers winner, the All Spicery. Um, She had a couple of employees who were interested in picking up some extra shifts. We were looking for great employees who kind of work in the specialty food world. And so we actually share employees right now. We each hire them separately, um, but it kind of helps to fill out a more complete job for that person. And then... Uh, we can coordinate with Heather Wong, the owner of that business, on hours and, you know, kind of not overworking someone. That's really great. So then do you just sit down? How do you coordinate hours? Because, I mean, this is such great insight mm-hmm. for small business when they're looking, you know, when you have part-time positions open. Mm-hmm. Do you just sit down with the owner of All Spicery? And how do you coordinate hours? So they are, first and foremost, they're her staff. So, so in that particular relationship, she just she builds her schedule yeah. and then sends it to us. And then I can easily work around it. Got it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's the hiring, so the recruitment and the hiring, and then you have your onboarding process. Um, we've sort of talked about your meetings, but do does the staff keep each other engaged? Like, Because you're so customer-facing, mm-hmm. right? How do you keep the team motivated? Do you have incentives built in? But, you know, particularly in a... Because retail environment can be a grind many yeah. times if you're not, A, not cut out for it, Mm -hmm. or B, I mean, it's just a lot of, you're on all the time. How do you keep the team engaged and motivated and sparked? Okay, so so I have a long list in my head. I'm going to try and get through it all. So um, first of all, I think if you build strong relationships and and regular team meetings with check-ins and things like that, people start to develop relationships with each other, and that will naturally keep people more engaged. Secondly, we're lucky because we have a great product, and if the staff are sort of good stewards of that product, then most of their interactions are positive. I mean, it really, if somebody needs to like complain about, you know, the scrumpy customer or a bad day they had because of X and Y, they can, but those, that doesn't happen very often. So that helps people kind of stay energized. It's huge. It's such a tough environment for retail right now that, 
you have to make it a special experience for whoever walks in the door. I mean, things need to look good. You need to have a great selection. It needs to be well merchandised. And then they have to feel positive about the interaction they've yeah. had with whoever's there. So, I mean, it is extremely, extremely important to have, you know, customer service people who, you know, people who are work there who can really make that feel like a good experience. And we're a specialty shop. So a lot of the things in our store, people have never seen before. So that knowledge Mm -hmm. is important. But again, the knowledge, (laughs) we don't want a bunch of like crabby staff who like have knowledge, but you know, nobody wants to talk to them. In terms of that one thing, um, that someone can walk away with as a takeaway for their small business about motivating and keeping staff engaged, what would that be? I think it's uh, treating them like real people. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really generic, but that, that means like the way you would treat a good friend or you know your sibling, you know, sibling you get along with. Right. You know, that you're asking them for their input and you're showing them that you care about them Got it. in some way. It hasn't just been their brand, business systems, and staffing strategies that Andy and Camille have focused on over the past four years. Like any startup that has transitioned into a sustainable business, they've put a lot of ongoing thought into what their business is and what they want it to be. Turns out, they put a lot of energy into staying focused and not getting overly distracted by new ideas over what's currently working for their business. We've changed our concept a little bit. I mean, I think... You know, initially we had thought we'd be doing some online stuff or some events type stuff, and really we have focused all our energy on our storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, it's doing much better than we ever thought it would in our little conservative safe projection. Mm-hmm. So that's been great. We've had a great response from people. Um, we just in the last year have really started to push into kind of business to business gifting. So yes. lots of people at the holidays like to give gifts to their clients, their employees whomever, and we have found that we have a good product for that. And initially, we just realized it because people who walk into our shop were like, were like, can I get 30 of these because I want to give them to everyone in my office? And so right. we started realizing this is a worthwhile area for us to pursue. So we started in earnest doing that about a year ago. So what's the future look like? So here's a couple of things. When I started Threefold, I had a concept that I wanted to make sure we were able to implement. And similar to you, we're actually pretty much on target, mm-hmm. but there are things that you're tweaking along the way. Mm-hmm. So for people that are listening in and have just started a business um, or are sort of at a point where they're you know, looking for the future and they're wondering, how close do I stay to the concept? Should I tweak it? That type of thing. Uh-huh. What? So talk to me a little bit about that, especially as you look forward to the future. So we always have a lot of ideas. And really one of the most important parts of our process has been narrowing our focus. So yeah. looking at areas where things are strong, focusing there. And if we have new ideas that are seem to be branching off from that, we just pick one or two and we're going to go strong after that. So she mentioned corporate order. So that was something where we felt like it was building off of the strength of our local customers mm-hmm. and people who love the store. And so we just want to push farther with that. We just want to make this store really great. And we want to yeah. maximize everything that's great about it and the business behind it. That's kind of first. And right. that project is still ongoing. I mean, we're not done with that by a long shot. And like any business owner, there have been ideas along the way that didn't quite pan out. What is like the wackiest idea you had that you didn't implement? I got one. What? <laughs> so, um, so for a while, we were doing private candy tastings, and they were really great. Um, we'd seat people in the store around this big table, and it was almost like a like a wine tasting or even like a gourmet food tasting. And yeah. we'd try about 15 or 20 different things. It was awesome. Um, we've pared that back a little bit and turned it more into like a casual walk-up 
wine tasting style thing because we had to undo half the store just to do that. And that's a right. trend. And the more design heavier store has gotten, the harder that's become. Yeah. But the crazy idea I had was an all you can taste tasting. And we thought, well, you would charge a little bit more. And my other theory was you can't, you just can't eat that much candy in one sitting. Right. Right. So we thought we would just do that. And uh, we turned it into the private candy tasting idea because it, it would have been, I think it just would have been gross. You know, it's, yeah. it's sort of like you go to the Las Vegas buffet and you're trying to like eat your money's worth. Like we, that's right. not really what we want people to do. Okay. So when you're in charge of the day-to-day operation of a business and the strategic planning, things can get tricky. Finding the time to plan for all of those things and doing all of those things is never easy. We have a little retreat and we're like, do you, we already do the retreat? Like, do you go away for a retreat? Oh, we go away. So it's like a... Wherever. Nice. And we sit down and go, what are kind of our, like, core strategies this year? Like, let's not do 50 things. Let's do, like, two things. And if it's not those two things, let's not do it. And the other thing we try and do is really go... I mean, I think literally we close our eyes. This is very corny. And go, like, what do we wish our business yeah. was like? And try to kind of envision the ideal nice business and try and figure out what we need to work on operationally to make it happen. Yeah, I'd say we are somewhat flexible. Um, Most of that hasn't happened, um, but we're flexible on, hey, something's firing on all cylinders right now. We just need to channel more energy into that. Um, but as Camille said, we, it helps us prioritize. If, if something that great comes along, some new thing, then it becomes, okay, well, what are the other two that we're going to drop for now? But it's not forever. Yeah, yeah, we usually go into analysis mode, too. If some new opportunity comes up, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're cranking out a new spreadsheet. Like, what, what's this going to cost to kind of go down this path? What might we see in terms of our returns? And then how does that compare, excuse me, with the other things that we, you know, previously chose as our priorities for the year? This touches on one of my favorite topics, the freedom that comes from structure. Well, it's always interesting to me when you're in a creative business, and I would say that Andy's Candy is a creative business, but people don't realize how much analytics goes into being creative, right? Like the discipline of the analytics is what allows you to be free in the creativity. Yes, totally. And, you know, Camille has a great strategic brain, and so that's definitely a huge part of what she brings to the business. Um, Big picture stuff, year-to-year projections, but also even like looking at little spots in the store. Like why is this thing selling so well or which areas are sort of hot areas? Right. Um, that's, That's important to think about and look at. Another thing that I really believe in is the concept of work-life rhythm, not work-life balance. There's so many freedoms that come with being a business owner, but as we all know, it's not the freedom of whether or not to work. It's the freedom of loving what you do and setting up your own personal boundaries around it. So I wondered how Andy and Camille have adjusted to this newfound freedom and how they've juggled life as married business owners who also have young children. I mean, you sort of alluded to it a little bit earlier as well, but how have your lives changed professionally and personally since you started Andy's Candy? So personally, I can say for both of us, it's just been awesome. It's been, again, taking on a project that's really cool and exciting. Um, There's always different things to work on. It it can be very creative and we can come bring lots of different ideas. So that's fun. We get to create our own schedule. You know, uh, another friend of mine- really? Yeah, well, okay, so so I have to share the joke that a friend of mine who is also in business for themselves said. He said, it's great when you have your own business because you get to decide personally which 23 out of every 24 hours right. are going to work. And there's some truth to that, but we actually approached it very early on as like, how do we not let this take over our lives? Um, we wanted some balance. Right. And so delegating things was an early priority for us. We have two kids who at the right. time were 
five and eight, five and nine or so. And so we have made sure that it doesn't take over our lives. Yeah, very early on, we sort of felt like we need to be able to get away from the business. We don't want to kind of be slaves to our own business because what have you really gained if you've done that? So the all-important recap. Andy and Camille's experience as calling all dreamers winners really was the push they needed to get their business off the ground. But they've tapped into the importance of a solid brand and experience, strong staffing, and a deliberate focus on well-being focused to sustain their business and to set it up for continued growth. So I think we're going to try and shoehorn two things into one thing. So I think the one thing we've been mentioning is the focus. Um, I think we've talked to lots of other business owners and we watch a lot of business-oriented TV shows like The Profit, you know, and often people new in business are, they're throwing a lot of things against the wall to see what will stick, which makes sense initially, but you can't keep doing that because you just, you're spread too thin if you're one person or two people. So focusing in on a couple things and focusing on things that are strong, recognizing what's strong and going after that. Um, For us, going from calling all dreamers is, hey, that's going to get a lot of people into the store, but you've got to make that, uh, you've got to capitalize on that. If you don't have a great thing going, they're not going to come back. And Sacramento gets really excited about new things. And we do too. We love to go to a new restaurant or a new shop. You hear about it, you go. But if it's not good, then you don't go back. You're like, oh, that's too bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. I can't wait to come back here again and again. And bring some friends and some family and bring more people. people. Word of mouth is huge for us. Absolutely. Great. For Andy and Camille, the sustainability of their business has been the result of what they did after the big launch, which has translated into how they continue to evaluate and then adjust their brand to make sure that it's relevant over time, how they train and treat employees as brand ambassadors, and how they take the time to thoughtfully plan for their business rather than letting business happen to them. Thank you so much to Andy, Paul, and Camille Esch for sharing their story with us. I hope that as a small business owner or an aspiring small business owner or as an entrepreneur with a really great idea, you found encouragement or ideas in this episode that you can apply to your life, to your day, or to your own business. Today's episode is sponsored by Giving Garden, an app focused on growing communities around food and gardening, which is super vital in an agricultural oasis like the Sacramento Valley. So I have Lauren here from our threefold team, and I thought uh, you could come in and share a few things about Giving Garden. Sure. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, you're all sort of all things health and nutrition, and I know you just started Whole30. Like, how's that going? I did. I actually started yesterday. Wow. And a big fundamental rule of the Whole30 is to eat a ton of produce. Got it. So I've been on the hunt for a ton of local produce, which is where Giving Garden has been super helpful. Yeah. So tell us about it. So on the practical side, the Giving Garden app is available on iOS and Android. And ultimately, it helps urban and suburban gardeners connect and share ideas, knowledge, and produce with their neighbors. Users can even get ideas, alerts, reminders, and guidance on what to grow in their area directly on their phone. Nice. On the feel-good side, it empowers local gardeners to be more successful while also combating food waste, food insecurity, and increasing the health and happiness of their communities. So love it. Like, what a great concept. It's huge. It's it's really instrumental for Sacramento. And Giving Garden is pretty new, so now is a great time to be a part of helping to get it off the ground and to help this concept thrive in our region. So even if you're not a gardener, Giving Garden is a great way to access local produce from those looking to move their excess goods. So to learn more about the project and to download the app, visit the Giving Garden website at givinggarden.io. Really cool concept. You can be a part of it. 